Welcome to I Hate Sand, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Aaron. I'm Reagan. We're just three lifelong friends sitting around a table talking about hot Star Wars topics. We recognize that Star Wars means a lot of different things for a lot of different people, and we may disagree on the specificities, but at the end of the day, we all love Star Wars. Let's dive right in. Disney took over Star Wars, and let's talk about some of the things that Disney has done right or wrong. Well, the first thing that we have to give them credit for is giving us more Star Wars. Yes. Right. Absolutely. That was definitely... I mean, I remember I was like early high school at that point when that when that purchase happened, Disney taking on something else of a, a huge magnitude like Marvel was exciting for a lot of people and the fact that we hadn't had it at that point was seven years the the prospect of someone who could pour a lot of money into it and give us these characters that we've grown to love so much over Mm -hmm. multiple decades was for a lot of people really exciting i mean there were the critics of course from the very start there were a lot of naysayers people who just didn't trust a a big player in the game coming Mm -hmm. in and just trying to make it a, cra- uh, a cash grab. But I remember feeling very excited about it before it ever happened. For sure. Seeing that mm-hmm. first picture of a table read yes. or the conversation between J.J. Abrams and all the stars. I mean, that was yeah. a very that exciting was a, picture to look at. script reading. An interesting side note to it, though, <coughs> is that although they did deliver us more Star Wars, for people who read the books and were very into the expanded universe, in a way they also took away a lot yeah. of Star yeah. Wars as well. Yeah, when they announced that the expanded universe was no longer canon that was a big blow i personally never really got into the expanded universe i was pretty sad about it i read a lot of the books growing up but um i don't know i feel like it would have been difficult to just take those books and make those into the new star wars story right i mean i think we should talk about uh episode seven Mm -hmm. it felt so good watching it i know Mm -hmm. you and i saw it together First the premiere. Were you time. there? I think so. Yeah, Aaron's yeah. seen... We go to the, all the premieres together. Okay, yeah, so we were all with Bethesda peeps. Yeah. In Grapevine. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, I cool. don't remember exactly. But. All three of us saw the premiere of episode seven together. We were all... We all grew up in the same church together, so that's how our, our friendship started. And a bunch of people from that church were all getting together, um, purchased a, whole, a ton of tickets, and we all went and saw that premiere together. And this was like right at the beginning of the days of reserved seating online. But the theater we went to didn't have that yet. And since it was such a giant premiere, we got there like three hours early. At least Taylor yep. and I did. Yeah. Got there ridiculously early uh, to get solid seats. seats in the yep. theater. And yeah, just, I think y'all, I let y'all like save me a seat or something. Yep. Yeah. Lazy. I think that's right. But we just like you a lazy few of us. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. <laughs> a few of us just like sat there for three hours waiting. Mm-hmm. Hanging out. Letting the excitement build. Uh-huh. Yeah. We got like these dope limited edition Stormtrooper 3D glasses. I still have those in my car, surprisingly. I still, I, maybe Aaron has this now. I got like the collectible drink cup. I got yes. that. Yeah. I had, had that too. Phasma on it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I like, my brain just melted after I walked out of the theater and I just threw it away like it was a normal cup. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> and I got it out. <laughs> okay. Nice. But I mean, 
all of us walked out of that theater very happy. For sure. Definitely, like a buzz. So why why did why were we so happy? For me, we hadn't seen these characters in over forty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um getting to see them again was like it was just a joyful atmosphere. And it was like nostalgia fest hitting me all at once. Yes. Yeah, it was very much that. And um it considering we didn't think we would ever see these characters again ever or see them ever portray the roles again. It was exciting. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. And it was turned out it was just in time for Carrie Fisher rip. Yeah. So if they waited much longer, we never could have seen her in Star Wars yeah. again. Yeah. That's very true. Oh, random note about like coming out of the theater. I heard the story about this one guy who like went to one of the first premieres and then he walks out and there's another group that's but gonna like go in and see the movie right after. And he's just like he walks out and he's like, Han Solo dies. Yeah. And then he gets like the shit beat out of him by angry fans. Jeez. <laughs> I remember one story of this guy was dying before episode seven came out. And he contacted Disney and he was like, Before I die, I would like to see this movie. And he did. They they let oh, him they, s- they let him see the movie before it came out. Imagine if they were just like, Fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> mm, no. Yeah. And um he did end up dying like a couple of months later, but still, that would have been so fucking cool. I wonder what he would think now. Now the episode eight and nine are out. I'm glad I died then. (laughs) He died before it all went to shit. Uh, Another another good thing about episode seven is it has some like really good humor in it. Yes, Um, like I remember laughing a lot in the theater, especially like the the iconic lines. Yeah, that's not how the force works. Yeah, that's not how the force works. I will say that um, there are some cringe lines too. Like there's some very George Lucasy. You got a a boyfriend, cute boyfriend. Got a boyfriend, cute boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the question we all were asking. Another thing about Episode Seven is, I I think it might be because the prequels delve so much and explain so much of the political situation, right? And so, like, we we've been kind of spoiled with having all this knowledge of why things are the way they are. But in episode seven, we're suddenly in this position where nothing really makes sense politically. Like, yeah. why is there this resistance that seems so weak compared to this first order? Like, how did this first order start? Mm-hmm. And what is the Republic doing? Because they're supposed to be like the power in the galaxy. And I think something that was disappointing for me throughout the sequel trilogy is you don't really get those answers from the movies. If you want right. to know them, you have to read the books and the backstory. And I think that it could have been handled better in the entire sequel trilogy. For sure. Yeah, it's never made clear who the power is being, like where where the tension of power rests. Yeah. Right, it's, it's always just, we have this, everything is just kind of assumed. You kind of have to read into what is being given. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the Empire is supposed to be dissolved in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, episode six ends with the rebellion winning, and celebrating mm-hmm. that victory, but now we're introduced. We're thrown back into this universe, but we're introduced to one where there's just another empire that's even yeah. bigger and stronger, and just better. a better empire version 2.0, right? In a resistance that's stronger and weaker than the rebellion, which was already pretty small to begin with in the right. in the OT. So that was something that I also felt very frustrated by. Is yeah, 
how? <laughs> why is it, why is this happening the way it is? Yeah. Like, where is the power and who is fighting for that? And why are they yeah. fighting for it's it? It's very weird. Cause you would think after going through all that struggle to defeat the empire and that they would be really careful about not letting another empire arise, you know, right. But mm-hmm. something just happens. So. Yeah. It's just, we're expected to just accept that it is the way it is, which in some ways you kind of have to do that. You know, you can't spend two hours just setting up a backstory. Right. But at the same time, there could have been at least small references to how this came to be. Yeah. We'll get to the last Jedi and rise of Skywalker with their own dedicated episodes after this one. But let's move on to other things that Disney has done well with star Wars. Um, Yes, let's yes, we have to talk about the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. If we're talking about good things Disney has done, that's probably at the top of the list. I, I'm inclined to agree with you that it is the best thing we've gotten yeah. from this purchase. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know me, which should be a lot of you, my favorite character, strictly for appearance purposes, <laughs> is he's actually really lame. Well, I don't know if he's lame. He's just very mysterious. We don't know enough about him. Yeah. Um, is Boba Fett. Boba Fett? Where? And so I've always been obsessed with like the Mandalorian race and Jango Fett in the prequel trilogy. And I even have a tattoo of a Mandalorian skull on my arm because I'm just so obsessed with them. It's that so, monster that they like hunt on their planet, right? Or they yeah, ride it or something like that. It is a mythosaur. Oh yeah, mythosaur. It looks fucking cool, though. Yes, for sure. Um, So whenever they announced that they were doing a Strictly Mandalorian TV show, I was like, fuck yes. It's about time we got something like this. Yeah. We had gotten some backstories in the Clone Wars and Rebels about Mandalorians, um, but we had not seen a live-action Mandalorian. Nor had we gotten such, like, devotion to Mandalorians to finally have that kind of, that level of dedication to mm-hmm. this, this part of the universe was extremely exciting for many of us. Um, a cool story is I went to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago in 2019. Star Wars Celebration is a shit fest <laughs> because <laughs> Jesus, if you're paying so much money to travel all the way across the country to get a hotel, and then whenever you get there, you have to wait in lines after lines after lines. Sometimes whenever you wait in those lines, you don't even get what you were waiting in line for. (laughs) That Um, sucks. I waited for eight hours to get into the Star Wars Celebration general store, which is just like a merch store for Star Wars Celebration. It has like a t-shirt with the name on it. Did you buy anything in there? I did buy a couple shirts, but the shirts that I wanted were sold out. Of course. And I... It was the first day that Star Wars Celebration was open. They were already wow. sold out of the stuff that I wanted. That's crazy. Um, the same goes for the panels. Mm. Um, there's a lottery system to get into the panels at Celebration. So you apply, and you may or may not get to see, get to go to this panel. And it might just be you out of your whole group that gets yeah. to go to one? Yeah. Yep. Jeez. Um, but lucky for me, out of all of the major panels that they were announcing... I got into the Mandalorian panel. Nice. So I got to watch Dave Filoni and John Favreau talk with the new cast that we had yet to see in action. 
chills. That'd be um, so cool to see that. And luckily they were so nice to give us like a seven minute clip of like the first episode of Mandalorian. So I got to see that in April of 2019 and the show came out in October. So it was, it was amazing. And the energy in the room that you feel with like other star Wars fans losing their shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean that collect, that energy you were talking about, like the collective energy of celebration that was definitely felt among star Wars fans who were, were watching it weekly on Disney plus. I yeah. think and talking about it and be like, Oh, did you see the new episode? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I remember uh, baby Yoda was the talk of the town on social yep. media for weeks. But even yeah. apart from baby, I mean, that was just kind of going around cause there are some amazing memes. Yeah. With, yeah. With baby Yoda, especially around the, like Christmas <laughs> and everything. There are so many good ones, but like not just those people who thought baby Yoda or the child, if we're being yeah. correct, was a cute character. Just the, the actual story that was unfolding mm-hmm. for us every week. Like, I I mean, especially us three and our other Star Wars fans all felt very collectively energized by what was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I guess to kind of lay our cards down already, we were pretty disappointed with what we had been given from Disney yeah. leading yeah. up to that point. One thing that I thought was really exciting about The Mandalorian is that we didn't, it wasn't just Nostalgia Fest. You know, it's not J.J. Abrams' vision mm-hmm. of Star Wars. It's Dave Filoni, who was really big on the lore yeah. of Star Wars and introducing us to new, yeah, to new and exciting little facets of the universe that haven't been explored yet and making us excited about that. So the whole premise, you know, the, the initial idea of making this a space western mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe is so genius. Yeah. And it worked so, so well for this character. Mm-hmm. I will say... There's like one, my cat just ran by. There's one problem I had with the Mandalorian. Um, it was kind of slow. Uh, yeah. The pacing felt weird while we were yeah. watching it. It was like, strange. In like when we get around like episode five or six, it feels mm-hmm. like the same thing just keeps happening over yeah. and over. One thing about all of those episodes is it's like you have all of these stories and they center around like two characters, the whole mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. There's like, you don't see anyone. Yeah. Um, even in the cantina scene, there's like not that many creatures in the cantina. There's like that one droid bartender and then Mandalorian shows up. Yeah. There's something just off about having so many limited extras. I mean, I guess there is some precedence for that. Like a galactic war just ended. Right. So there's, there's, it's not odd to assume that the galaxy is going to be a little bit more spread now. A lot of casualties happened, and, yeah. and that didn't really bother me as much. It was more so like I think the pacing was weird, but that's not uncommon for a western type mm-hmm. of story, right? Like that's that's pretty pretty fair to assume that we're going to get this back again. Kind of the way it goes around comes around. Mentality. Yeah, Mandalorian, I found, is more of like an episodic adventure as opposed to right. a season as a whole, mm-hmm. which I enjoy shows that are like that where the plot continues mm-hmm. through each episode, but it was like just stopped each episode until like the last two episodes. Yeah, they yeah. really do tie everything back together in the end of the season, which is, yeah. was I thought it was really well done. <laughs> the the last two episodes in particular, like shout out to Taika Waititi mm-hmm. for... One, his it's a really great character, but also his direction on the final episode. You get that that classic feel of his of mixing 
drama and, and comedy yeah. very, very well. He can make a very serious scene where all of a sudden you're, spoiler, but you're like about to cry over the death, quote unquote, of his droid character. Mm-hmm. But you were just laughing your ass off in the first 30 seconds with the two uh, scout troopers yeah. talking with each other. Let's talk about Jedi Fallen Order. Reagan has not played the game yet, it. so he's slacking here. Yeah. Um, but Jedi Fallen Order, I think, is the best Star Wars game we've had in a long time. Definitely. It's, at least if you're talking about story, because it obviously doesn't have any multiplayer component. Right. But if you're talking about the story of a, of a game, it's one of the one of the better story-driven games I've ever played. Um, the gameplay itself is really well designed. It's hard as fuck for those of you who have not played it. Um, it's a challenging game. I'm not one for challenge in games because I just like you, you to skip play the cutscenes and then <laughs> you don't like and hard just, difficulty. Yeah, he just wants to get through it. Yeah. Um, and I played this game on easy and it was still hard as fuck. I beat it on medium. The last boss took me like yeah, you. 25 <laughs> tries. Dude, I, I know you don't believe me, but I beat that boss on my first try. I don't believe you. I still <laughs> I don't believe you. Let's talk about Battlefront 1, which came out in 2015. The new Battlefront mm-hmm. 1. So EA took over because they made a contract with Disney to make a series of video games, out of which we have gotten both Battlefronts. Uh, Jedi we Fallen got Jedi Order. Fallen Order, and now they're very recently announced. Squadrons. Squadrons. Yeah. Which will be a, a fully ship combat. Nice. So it seems like it's going to be a 5v5 uh, co-op game with also a, also a story-driven Okay. I will say that I'm going to wait until people play the game. That that will make my decision if I buy the game or not. And that's a good segue into Battlefront 1, which I should have waited to buy. (laughs) Yes, I think we all uh, feel that regret in a lot of ways. That's the game that I got a PS4 for. Yes, it is. got it for Christmas, though, so it wasn't that bad for me. Yeah, it's not as bad. Taylor and I both paid to pre-order it because $60 actually $75 because yep. I got the deluxe edition for Same. one extra skin <laughs> we I think the DL44 came in that edition as well but you could unlock it later so yeah, it literally yeah, didn't that, matter <laughs> yeah, that's true in the last episode if you haven't listened we talked about the fact that uh, the original Battlefront games in 2005 2006 were major parts of our childhood and we all played those across many platforms many many times um so this was a, a big deal mm-hmm. that this game that we loved so much and was such a big part of our growing up experience was coming back into our fairly young adult lives. Right. So, of course, we pre-ordered it. And if any listeners played that game, you probably feel us when we <laughs> lower our voice in regret. Yes. Because it was, I mean, it was fun. It so, was fun. Cargo. Aaron and I played Cargo, and we actually got really good at that game mode. Yeah. I remember very well being in my college dorm playing the beta on Hoth mm-hmm. and just being absolutely mind-blown by the graphics. Yeah, how oh, the game looked. looks the so fact good. that I could turn around, look down, and see my footprints remain <laughs> when I walked. Like, that little thing alone just was so shocking to me mm-hmm. that I finally had something so beautiful and so... The Hoth map on OG Battlefront was my favorite map to play. And so to to have that for the beta was really, really fun to me. The mechanics were a little questionable 
the whole the like, star that, card system. Yeah, the star yeah. card system having to like run into a power up to mm-hmm. be able to use them was fucking dumb. not my favorite at all. So while I loved the graphics and I loved the fact that I was being put back in this universe in a star in a uh, video game capacity was very very fun and I was mm-hmm. I was really in on it. But at the same time, like as we played it, it just felt like a pretty hollow game. Right. So yeah, we were very disappointed with Battlefront 1. And then we get Battlefront 2 a couple of years later, which again... Again, we pre-order for $80. Y'all did. Played the beta. and Y'all didn't learn your lesson the first time. Nope. We didn't because it's kind of like with movies, the sequel is generally going to be better. I think Star Wars has been the only case where the sequel was better than the original. I meant I meant video games. Oh, not oh I'm sorry. okay. Video no, game video good. game sequels that are generally sense. better because you're able to one take the feedback of your players mm-hmm. and you know tweak your game accordingly. And you already have like a game engine and all that set up, yeah. right? So. You're able to dive deeper into your mechanics, right? Refine a lot of things. If yeah. it's a story driven game, especially, I read a an IGN review of it just yesterday, I think, and that's exactly what he was saying was that video game sequels are better because now these developers have the time to reflect on what they've been told before and they what have more fans money. have said they have the more sales. money generally graphics like everything improves over yeah, time yeah. every year games just look and feel better so you you have time on your side well let's just say then that ea was did a- not follow <laughs> any of that it on was, the launch of battlefront 2 it was a major pay to play ea got trashed on social media yeah for, rightly like, so. relentlessly for a week or and two I, I think in europe they actually got sued or something because yeah they, that, they that consider, sounds right they consider the loot box thing to be gambling and yeah there were like kids who were like 16 buying this stuff so yeah mm-hmm. it broke the law i mean even again i played the beta um when i was in college and one the mechanics were just very very different so i was terrible i played <laughs> it every day for those three days friday saturday sunday and maybe got three kills I was just, I was so bad because I I was not used to, they completely overhauled. I think so. Like, and some assists, but I was (laughs) awful. So let's fast forward a year and a half later. They finally got their shit together and tried to actually make it the game that we wanted. All the characters are unlocked. Yeah. You still have to level them up to access their new abilities. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. But the first, I mean, the first thing they did was overhaul the loot box mechanism. Yeah, true. And make it the kind of game that it should have been, which is play to play, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah, no yeah. longer a pay to play. There's nothing wrong with system. unlocking stuff as you go. Right. Leveling up feel like you to get need better. to spend more money on a, like a game you've already spent at least $60 on Yeah, just right. to play everything. That's really dumb. Right. So yeah, all in all battlefront two now is pretty fun. They came out with the co-op mode, co-op, yeah, which we play together all the time. Yep. Us three it's, and it's surprisingly challenging guys. and really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the other modes, um, I, I'm the only one that likes the Starfighter Assault mode. I think yes. it's, it's pretty fun. Weird mechanisms, but it's pretty fun. The Supremacy modes are a lot of fun, especially when they added the Empire to it because it was just Clone Wars but yeah. for quite a while. But is the best mode, and we uh, love that mode so much. We absolutely do not because we are garbage <laughs> at that. We mode. are garbage. We, we are terrible. Villains. We can't even, like, Essentially, they made... Some characters way better than others, but not everybody can play the same character. Yeah. And uh, some people have figured out this game mode and they are 
way too good at it. And they're like yep. level 100 on their hero and my Luke is like level 7. Yeah. Yeah. But, but our know, like assault class is level 350. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know, there's like people like on that ship posting group that shows how it's really supposed to be done. Yeah. Um, yes, for sure. And Everyone go follow um, Star, Wars Star Wars Command Wars. Posting. Yes, it is on Facebook. You will have the time of your life uh, with all the memes that are floating around yeah, on there. If you love Battlefront games, this is the page for you. All right. Well, that's about all we've got for uh, this episode. But uh, keep listening. If you like, we're going to talk about Solo, The Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker in the next episode. So please follow us. Give us some comments on our uh, social medias. And uh, we'll see you next time. May the Force be with you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at I Hate Sand Podcast. Please give us a like. Please give us a follow. We would love to know what you think about these episodes.